Greetings, nerds. This is Seen and Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Bowman, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing after a double dose of emotional overload yesterday? And that other laugh that you hear is our special guest for this episode. He talked Infinity War with us, so of course he has to come back and talk Endgame. Pacing Pete is in the house. How are you doing tonight, Pete? I'm still recovering from, uh, just like you, Sarah, a double dose of of watching Endgame yesterday afternoon and then watching uh, Game of Thrones last night. I'm just like, I, I I can't but I can't help but think of the GIF. Uh, well, actually, not even the GIF. It's the scene in, in V for Vendetta when Natalie Portman's at her wit's end with V, and she says, "I can't take, I I can't feel anything anymore." That was me. Uh, after yesterday, um, I just yeah, I, I went through I went through today like a like a zombie, a White Walker maybe, and um, not sure what I was expi- excited more to talk about, Game of Thrones or Endgame because they're pretty <laughs> on par with one another. Mm-hmm. But I still can't get over the fact it made three hundred and fifty seven million dollars in three days domestically. 1.2 billion worldwide. That is insane. It is. They never thought so, it would, could be done. So, yeah, you know, we went going into the weekend, you know, wondering what was domestic and global grocers were going to be. And the question was out there, you know, could it catch, catch uh, Avatar's uh, 2 billion mark? And it, given that, I don't see any, I don't see it a second weekend fall off. I mean, I, I think between repeat watchers and more buzz, I mean, it, it very well could catch Avatar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there there is still people who haven't seen Endgame, even yeah. though it made $357 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the crazy thing. And most of those people are like, yeah, I'm going to go next weekend. And I'm like, if you think next weekend is going to be, like, not as packed, then I don't know if I believe you yeah. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie is so is so ridiculously rewatchable. Uh, you know, it's it's it, you're going to be see so many repeat repeat viewers next weekend and and throughout the week. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing how much money it's made and and really like the you know I've talked to a few people and just like you know everyone's like I, I can't wait to see it again, even though it emotionally broke me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I enjoyed pain. <laughs> But yeah, everyone is like everyone I talk to is like totally down to see it like more than once. So, right. I also did the thing where I leading up to my showing, I watched Infinity War. I did the same. And now that's an experience because I have to be honest. Coming out of Endgame, I think I may like. Infinity War more than Endgame, but then again, I still need to watch it a second time to give it its fair shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I did the. I'm glad I watched it, um, Infinity War again the night before going to see Endgame because it wanted, of course, refresh my memory. But you know, whenever the film started and that with the cold start and Cliff and his family playing playing ball and you know teaching uh his daughter how to be an archer and stuff that that just 
already when that that started, I was like, oh hell, I, I know. I'm, I, I wish I had brought a box of Kleenex because <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to be crying like a baby at some point in that this movie, and I sure as hell did. <laughs> I am so dead inside. I didn't cry or tear up once while watching it. Yeah, well, we know that, Sarah. So, <laughs> Sarah, what's it like to not have a soul? I don't know. It's not like I killed myself to get the soul stone or anything, but I just, I I don't know why. I I blame it on the writing choices personally, but whatever. (laughs) So, so in talking about the beginning, I actually, I think I did myself more of a disservice watching Infinity War before going in because watching that cold open, I was like, yeah, we know the snap happened. Moving on. <laughs> I was, I was really kind of like, um, I felt like maybe 10 minutes of that first opening act could have been cut. Um, because in my world, how, when the credit, um, when Avengers should have really popped up, was right after they go and kill Thanos, literally, cut off his head, and Thor is walking away, and you see it all turn white. Now, that is a transition point to, say, five years later, but I thought that the execution of that sequence from the moment Carol comes and saves Tony to to Thor just, just being so brutal... Um, and them still not being able to find a victory in it all. Um, I would have chosen that moment to kind of be like, yeah, that's the cold open. Welcome to the show. It's end yeah. game. Yeah, but I think, I, I think the only thing is if you did that and then went back to Cliff and, and his experience after the snap, it, it, it wouldn't, it would have broken up the flow. With no, this, I, I agree. Yeah, so I think it was good the way it started. You know, it does sort of set you, you know, it is a hard reset for everyone, uh, which is probably, you know, a good significant portion of the audience remembers what happened with the snap. But um, it was it was good. Also, it just answers the question, you know, what was Cliff doing? I mean, not that, it, you know, not that, I mean, as far as the original six, he's probably, you know, probably number six as far as, like, people think on the cool factor or whatever. But, uh, that question was out there, and so we did get that answer as far as resetting the story, what's going on with the entire team. And so then to go to the, 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 the Thor, uh, you know, day late dollar short, um, mm-hmm. chopping off, uh, Thanos' head, beheading Thanos, um, and everything else, that, that, that was, edit, to me, that was the better edit. Yeah, I, I- I, I like the cold opening. Um, I thought it set the tone for the rest of the movie, not just the rest of the movie, but for Hawkeye. And eventually what happened between him and, and uh, Black Widow, um, was it Morag? No, Vormir. Vormir. You know, and, and then also, you know, like like Will was saying, it kind of tied into, like, what happened to his character going on. Like, if we had never got that, I think not everyone would have assumed that he just kind of turned into some assassin or just some cold-blooded killer taking out all these like cartels and yakuza's like he like i i like that it showed that even though you know it it might come off a little redundant because obviously we saw that happen in the end of infinity war but you know like it it just it kind of gave us this perspective of what hawkeye was going through and 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 i think it did explain like like without that i'm not sure we all would have bought 
and I now I'm, I guess I'm just speaking for myself. Like I would have bought um, his emotion and his how you know his actions, everything he did going forward. Even when you know, I mean, when they were testing, when they did the time travel test with him, when they had everything working perfectly, you know, and they sent him in, he was the first one to say like, "I'll do it." Like he was so quick to do anything. You know, they're testing time travel for the first time, and and for all you know, kitty. He could have busted into a million particles. Anything could have badly happened. And so, so I thought that it was a. So I liked the cold open because it explained every. It explained all of of Hawkeye's motivations going forward. And then, like I said, ultimately what happens on Vormir. Yeah, I, I like that you bring up um, his wanting to try to be the first tester of mm-hmm. the time travel, um, because in thinking about it, it really what they did with his storyline is kind of also move Tony's trajectory forward Mm -hmm. because you're able to parallel the man who lost everything after the snap with the man who gained a lot after the snap and, and how both are kind of heading to this point of like, okay, really what will it take? And what, um, what are they willing to give up in order to get back everything and also or retain everything they have, but still make make things right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, so so Infinity War is about Thanos collecting the stones Endgame is about the Avengers collecting the stones. Uh, time travel rules out the window and the rat saves the universe because the rat <laughs> unleashed Scott Lang, who is who, I, Paul Rudd just I think he he had so I don't know who had more fun playing their character um, in this movie, Paul Rudd or Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard call there. <laughs> oh, no. Ant Man has always been the unsung hero of the MCU, and this this film really, but. This this film really shows why the the Avengers as a team and as a unit are so strong. You know, it's like the old cliche. You know, uh, a chain is the strongest, its weakest link. And you know, a lot of people would look at Scott as the weak link, but he was obviously it was his happenstance that five years after the snap, it was a rat of all things to uh, you know set things in motion to to bring back the bring back the vanished, but. You know, throughout the movie, whenever, whether it was, you know, getting the print particles or, you know, testing time machine first or uh, any number of places, Scott was, you know, he's that guy who just kind of accidentally, like, causes things to happen in a good way. And he's he's that member of the team. And, 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 and you know, Paul Rudd just brings that energy and that enthusiasm to, to Scott Lang. And it really... Again, given how weighty and the and the weight and the emotional weight of this film had, it was always good to have those moments of him and also Chris Hemsworth, the Thor, uh, when they had those those light lighter moments that they they brought to into the story. Like when Thor is retelling his relationship with Jane yes. and how she <laughs> got it affected by the ether, and the only one who was really engaged was Scott Lang. Yeah. <laughs> His face was just priceless. Yeah. I don't know if I like that moment more than the moment when his tacos 
just get oh, yeah. <laughs> get completely thrown out. And my only problem with that scene is I wish it had been orange slices to make it a callback to that line in Civil War where he asked for uh, orange slices following yeah. the big airport short showdown. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a perfect <laughs> callback. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you, Pete? What are your thoughts on um, Scott or even uh, Thor for that that matter? The big Thorowski. Um, <laughs> that was funny. I was not expecting Thor to completely fall off the deep end. Um, and it's it's funny because I work with a, a coworker of mine. She's like totally in love with Chris Hemsworth. So she's like, I can't. She's like, she's gonna watch uh, Avengers this weekend, and she's all, I can't wait to watch like my man for three hours and she's thinking of him like, you know, like Thor and I've watched it and I'm like, she is in for quite a surprise. <laughs> oh man. It was funny. Just, I, I, uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter said it was nice to wake up in the morning and see that my body type is exactly like Thor. Like I finally lived up to Thor in Avengers. And that was just, it was just so funny to see, he just kind of let everything go. You know, he gained a bit of a belly, uh, from all the beer, obviously, and I thought that was a funny change because, uh, you know, everyone had their different reactions to, uh, what had happened when they, when they finally found Thanos and he had the five year fast, fast forward. And, and so it was interesting to see, um, it, it was, it was, I thought it was a funny take. I, I actually enjoyed Thor's, uh, he, who played more of like the comedic role in this, in this one. Um, you know, obviously he was just, and you saw about that emotion come out when, uh, when Banner and and uh, and Rocket came to to find him on New Asgard and and uh, and and he was just they bring up his name and and they got like kind of um they got kind of a he, we don't speak of that name thing going on who I'm totally gonna lose cred here but what what is that from Voldemort he they shall not be um, named yep yeah and so you know you kind of have that moment and and Thor you know, breaks down a little bit and, and, you know, still, still feeling responsible for not going for the head back in infinity war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously chopping his head off in an end game at the very beginning was a little bit too late, but um, you see where it all comes from. Um, so a little bit of emotion there. And then, you know, I like the emotion he had carrying forward, you know, uh, talking about Jane and then, and then seeing his mom, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but just, just touching on the emotion and how like he was able to balance you know, being upset and then also bringing the funny. And I, and I enjoyed that about Thor. Um, I thought that was really a nice touch because Endgame is such a serious movie in terms of like what they need to do. Um, and so it was nice to see, like, it was nice to see, you know, uh, Thor become a bit more of a comic relief because, you know, Scott is so tied up in helping, you know, everyone realize that time travel is possible through, the quantum realm and, and getting, you know, Hank Pym's uh, particles to get everything all working together. You know, they didn't really have a comic relief and, and there's a, you know, there's, there's something, there's something that's always there with Marvel in their, in their movies or there's some sort of, or some form of comic relief that does kind of balance the scales a little bit and, and making Thor that was, I, I think a pretty funny, uh, pretty good move. Very it's also very poignant to what they what they do with his character in Infinity War because looking at these two movies as two halves of a whole in Infinity War he is very driven by I'm a god mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm a king. I have more power than any of you. I can survive this and I will. There's such a, um, so much ego that is driving him mm-hmm. forward that to then realize that he did fail and he didn't make the right decision and he could have changed everybody's fate in that moment, but he chose wrong. Mm-hmm. Suddenly in this movie, they humanize him because this is what happens with a lot of people when they um, confront failure, failure in their own lives. They go into depression. They put on the weight. They they suddenly do make all the wrong decisions because making any right ones got them nowhere to begin with. So who cares? Yeah. And and in a way, it kind of yes, it was comic relief, but I think it it set him up also to um to fill that void that was missing because the snap took away guardians of the galaxy and having um that crew like drax especially was missing in this movie for me um but having thor having scott around and even a little bit of rocket seemed to be able to fill that void that was missing um for the three hours yeah and also banner uh the yeah, Banner Hulk. <laughs> Banner Hulk. Yeah, there, there's some kind of hybrid name yeah. that I'm sure somebody has come up with to talk about. Whatever that was, <laughs> Professor Hulk. Yeah. Hulk? No, that sounds yeah. too much like the character from Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was just like this, this kid, this jolly green giant, just yeah. walking around <laughs> and eating was- pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> taking, taking selfies with kids and yeah, it's yeah. I, those those are the you know they're talking about the evolution of the characters and stuff. And I, and I, it's been so long since I've I, I feel like I've only watched Incredible Hulk at Ed Norton one time way back. I guess what eighty what was that two thousand nine? I guess when that one came out eight. I think it was like two thousand eight. It, yeah, it was actually it was right after Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, yeah, it was like one of the early MCU it was, movies. It was yeah, that was the only time I, I need to go back and rewatch it. But but just seeing how the character has evolved through uh with through the first Avengers movie. Um, and get rid of the Hulk and get rid of this. And then as we saw, and then we see the evolution in, uh, Ragnarok where he's, you know, he's starting to come more at peace with the character. And then of course, by, by in, infinity war and it, well, and then of course in infinity war, he was like, talk about failure, Sarah, get to your point. You know, I think it's where Thor's story was having the, uh, you know, we see the impact of his failure uh, it's a bad thing. Um, Hulk, in the, on the other hand, his failure in Infinity War actually caused him, caused Banner and Hulk to finally reconcile with themselves. And then after the snap, became this new hybrid creep being that uh, is the best of both. And so it's again getting to your point how how the snap impacted the the core six. Uh, we see we see a Banner Hulk, a Hulk who was like, you know, afraid to come out and face Thanos to one who is trying to do everything he can to, to get the stones back. Yeah, absolutely. Like he actually found peace in himself. And the line that I love so much is when towards the end of the movie, when he talks about how whoever um, holds that gauntlet needs to have, it's all gamma. And it's kind of like he was made for this. Like mm-hmm. this was his destiny. So you, you do have a lot of those themes 
consistently um, portrayed with each character. Um, and that's why the final act is um, as powerful as to make Will cry and me just maybe a little bit of goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> And, and so, and so let's, and I know we touched on it a little bit, but, um, I, I still think like the biggest surprise in this episode is that Arya killed, no. <laughs> yes, spoiler alert, Arya killed the Night King, and I had more of a response to that than anything that happened in Endgame, I have to be clear. Um, but the biggest surprise was, is the fact that Black Widow dies in Endgame. And it was funny, while they were talking about the pairing and who's going to which place, I'm like, well, whoever goes after the Soul Stone, you're going to get screwed because you have to do sacrifice. And then I realize it's Clint and Natasha, and I'm just like, okay, they better allow this moment for her. Because Not that I wanted to see her die, Mm. but I just, I thought it would be such a scapegoat to allow Jer- um, allow Hawkeye to like take that moment in a way just because he has so much to lose um, that it made more sense. And my only problem with the sequence is I think she should have, I, I keep comparing it to Infinity War with Gamora and Thanos. And that truly was a, a, um, an execution of sorts. Um, and I don't think it should, it ha- should have that same betrayal. Like Cliff shouldn't have pushed her off of the ledge or anything. Yeah, right, right. I just wish that they wouldn't have had so many moments where it's like, no, I'm going to take you down and I'm going to do this. Thank you. Yeah. Went yeah. A little bit too long it where was, yeah. I, I missed the emotional beat. Yeah. It was a bit of a retcon of the, the whole soul stone mythos as far as how, how the stone is supposed to come back. I, I I agree, Sarah. Um, I totally I kind of had flashbacks to the Matrix Revolutions when Neo and 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 uh, Agent Smith are are fighting, and you know, yeah. by this time yeah. it's the third movie. We get it. They both they can't kill each other. Like, what's gonna happen? I was I was very much having those flashbacks when when Natasha and Clint kept stopping each other. I'm like, somebody just like I'm, I'm like, something <laughs> happened because I think by the time they Clint was over the edge and then Natasha jumped on him and, and, and was hanging. I was like, okay, let's just, okay, stop. I get it. I get it. Like somebody, like you, you both want to sacrifice. I get it. Um, so that, that kind of became a little bit too much for me. Um, um, but I, I agree with you. I'm glad they gave her that moment. Um, because it really was like, I, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to do, you know, how these characters were going to act react differently to things that happened or who was going to lead or who was going to take over the, the, the Avengers compound. And I, I thought it was awesome that, you know, Natasha had, and, and she was really just in charge of everything. And she was re- really doing like what they all said, whatever it takes. And, um, and I, I thought that really was a good moment. And I, I, I actually want to ask you guys a quick question here. I have a bit of a hot take. Yeah. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. Um, with what happened with Natasha, on Vormir, we've seen her character flushed out. We've seen, you know, to me, that was just a fitting way to send her off. And, and, you know, they gave her her moment. Like you said, Sarah, I got to ask, do we need a black movie now? Like, I don't think we do. Like I, 
I Do we need a black a, movie? A black, black Widow. Widow. Yeah. Black Widow. <laughs> Did I say black? I thought you said yeah, Black Widow. Yeah, I knew what you, yeah, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Okay, sorry. I don't know what the hell I was doing there, but no, do do we need a Black Widow movie? Like, I feel like it, Marvel messed up a long time ago not giving her a solo movie. Like, they had plenty of opportunities to do it, and now they're doing it, like, when the boat's, like, completely sailed across the world twice. Like, I don't – I just I, – I, I'm happy with the way that her story resolved at the end of – well, at the, end, at the end of her arc in Endgame. So I – I got to tell you, I'm not really, I I'm, I don't feel like I need to sit, go to the movies and see her origin story. I feel like that time has passed. I don't know. What do you guys and, think? And I, well, especially given, I think that her, her, the time period, and I, I read it earlier today and I'm, I'm blanking, but it's not even a full origin story. I think it happened either right after Civil War, right before maybe Winter Soldier. I mean, it happens in universe as far as. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, yeah, so it's 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 a prequel to to subsequent events that happen in the in in the current ten year time loop. Uh, so, uh, but I just can't remember the particular can't remember which film. So I agree with you. I know it's a hot take, but and I know some. I mean, obviously there are some people who do feel okay. You kill. There is the you killed the girl, <laughs> and that usually happens. You know, at least she made it to the end. But um, that being said, her it, it was a very satisfying you know story to see you know all the things we've learned about her throughout the the journey uh, from the uh, throughout the ten years of the MCU. So I do feel like it's it they really did miss an opportunity for not having her own solo film before before the end game. Um, I, I don't think it's a hot take. <laughs> well, that was the question, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I just want to know if, because like, if I, I'm crazy I, here. <laughs> no, no, I think actually there's a lot of people who would, who would agree with you on that, um, Will and myself included, because the qu- question you're posing is, is it needed? No, it's not needed. Uh, that being said, who knows? For, I mean, what Feige just accomplished, I, I, he he can basically do anything. And the question will yeah. be, if they can make it work, will people go see it? Is it necessary? No, probably not. But for all we know, they could have a story in mind that'll send off a, will create this whole other plot thread and suddenly you'll be invested in that. We don't know. They, um, uh, I, I have to wait until I actually see the movie to be like, yeah, that was, I, I'm glad they did that, or no, they shouldn't have done that. That's a misstep. Um, but it, it's probably going to always be unnecessary. It's kind of how what we talked about, Will, when we were reviewing Captain Marvel. I mean, mm-hmm. is the prequel film really necessary? Watching it, I got a lot out of it, um, even though it was a prequel, and it did feel like so... Yeah, we've been there. We know this. We know that. But still, there was a story to be told, and they told it. So we just have to have faith in Feige, I guess. Yeah, well, they've been batting a thousand so you know with these last few films. So three hundred and fifty-seven million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Fair point. We love them three thousand, if you yeah. may. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, why the why I think, oddly enough, even though I had a different reaction, I feel like this sacrifice worked more for me in comparison to the Gamora, Gamora scene in Infinity War, is because of that scene between um, Black Widow and Cap um, towards the beginning of the movie where she, just after hearing about Clinton, she breaks down and um, starts to cry, and then they're talking about how they're both responding and their different approaches, and she's fully invested to... If there is a way, we will find a way. And more importantly, that was just phase one of this crazy mission mm-hmm. is finding the stones and bringing them all back. What if they hadn't gotten a stone? Suddenly you sacrificed yourself for a plan that some other fool botched. <laughs> that That's a lot. And and I can only imagine the pressure that that suddenly builds on, on everybody else. But, and, and I like that it, it brought her redemption in a way like her doing that. She knows she's done a lot of bad stuff like red ledger, um, it read in her ledger, and and I love how that's that's why this ending. Even though nobody thought going in, they would they would walk out saying like, "Man, she really did that. She self sacrificed herself." Um, but they set that up since Avengers two, and mm-hmm. uh, with everything that she was doing. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 that, that's a very good point. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. That that. It, it, that sacrifice does make sense because, and you know, again, that's why I kind of joked. It's like, hey, the girl made it to the end, or the woman made it to the end, because if there were going to off the character, it could have easily been an adventure too. And um, it, it, you know, based on the things that we learned about her in, in that film. Mm-hmm. Now, this leads us to the other sacrifice that happens. So, so Will, we know you cried during Iron Man's death. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Oh man, um, I was definitely emotional uh, when Tony sacrificed himself, uh, and it, it was just it was heartbreaking because you know you had that moment before and when everyone's fighting and, and Peter goes up to Tony and he's like. Oh my God! Like, remember when I like got dusted, and then like all of a sudden we showed up, and Doctor Strange said, you know, like was guiding us, and and he had Tony just like this this look of just of relief that Peter is alive now, and and, <laughs> and he's back, and you just you just felt it, like I did, like it just got to me, and so when you have the tables turned, only this time it's it's you know it's it's uh, th- there's no coming back from this one, like Tony's dying. And in that moment, you see that with Peter, and then you see P- Pepper come over, and and I think f- what for me got got me was when uh, Pepper said we're gonna be all right. Obviously, uh, referring to her and all right, her and his daughter, and 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 that just hit me hard, and and it was just really just oh so so tragic to watch. But I, I mean, it was I actually think it was brilliant to book in this entire Infinity Saga with Tony. The move he started the MCU, um, his character started this, and and he finished his, he finished it um, with his sacrifice. And I, I thought that was um, just so well done. And and you know, and then 
the funeral happens and that was really that was really emotional and then what I think what hit me the hardest was when um his daughter is sitting there with Happy and he's like, Oh, what do you do you need anything? And mm-hmm. she goes, I want a cheeseburger and I just was like, Oh my god damn you Russo <laughs> uh, yeah. because that just totally took me back to, to Iron Man one when he got uh when he when he got rescued and he's in the car with Happy and the first thing he you know, Happy asks him, What do you want to do? And he goes I want cheeseburger. I want American cheeseburger. And, and it did just for me, just the, the emotions just overcame me. And I was like bawling like a baby. And, and I was just like, it was just, it was so, so good. So well done. And, and, you know, uh, it just, just watching the evolution of, of his character and everything he's gone through, uh, up to this point was just so really well done. I, I just loved it. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, we're all gonna miss RDJ as, as Iron Man, so I, I just I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the line that got me was actually when when sh- when um, Pepper comes over, forcibly removes Peter. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, kid, hey, hey, I'm the love of life. Back aside. <laughs> You've known him for what, like a year? <laughs> yeah, for a minute. Yeah. So." Was, um, was when she said, um, you can rest now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that was so poignant, um, considering the, the conversation they have at the beginning as he contemplates whether he really wants to risk everything he's gained for getting Peter back, for getting back everyone, um, else they lost, um, or more importantly, what his team lost. I mean, it's a very different Tony Stark that we meet at the beginning of this film than we've ever seen. I mean, of course, we keep saying that about a lot of these characters, but this is a family man. This is a man who likes to build forts with his daughter, play games, um, and it's and it's family first. And and yet, the moment they say time travel, it's kind of like that's impossible. Or wait, I'm Tony Stark. I can figure this out, and he did figure it out. Um, but but I just like that because in re- the reality of that character is is if he were to have lived on beyond this final chapter, we would always be um, wondering in in any MCU film to follow, like where is Tony Stark? Like right. what does he have to say? Because he he wouldn't he he couldn't do it. He wouldn't be able to turn off. Like he he very much is like Thanos in that way. Thanos is a character. He's not a villain. You can be like, oh, let's give him a second chance. Let's be redeeming. No 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 no. You you have to annihilate him remove him the, from the chessboard or it's never game over. Right. Right. Tony Stark's the same exact way. And so I thought, I thought that was great. Um, this brings us to captain of America who, who didn't die in the movie, but it's very much as a send off and it's a different form of yeah. sacrifice. Right. What they did because he spent his entire life as a super soldier self-sacrificing and so he stole back what was taken from him um because he's the one who volunteered hey i'll place the infinity um stones back where they came from and i'll be good what a bunch of losers you should have never believed him (laughs) you never should have believed him but i mean but 
to me that was that was the fitting end to that character because obviously going into into Endgame, we knowing that you know at least out of universe this was Chris Evans and and Robert Downey Jr.'s last film, and so we figured you know somebody was going to possibly die, uh, and you know and the way that the uh, you know the the Russos did a f- Tremendous job with the trailers, just you know, setting up like it was like to- that 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 cap was going to buy it uh, in the, in the trailers. The way they um, you know had the scene on the battlefield, him strapping up the you know his shield one last time. Which also just a little side note, they you know how the trailers in the film actually differ. The shield, of course, was actually broken in in the in the final cut, but um, but getting to his you know. It was fitting for his story because all, you know, since the time we were introduced to Cap and after he was on ice in the mid forties during the war, uh, he's always and always wanted to have that dance with his girl. He missed that dance with his girl. That's how we, what we saw from the first Avenger. And so again, how Tony, of course, started the MCU and, and ended within game, uh, Cap, you know, at least in universe was indeed the very first Avenger and he got his final, final rest, um, by being able to go back and, and live the life that he, that he had missed out on. So, mm-hmm. so that was for me a very satisfying conclusion for, for Steve Rogers. And, um, and I, and I figured out all the crazy time machinations after I had a time to process it and, and it works. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, and so it indeed works, and he could do that. Yeah, another reason why I stopped watching trailers after probably the first one because I didn't remember, I didn't recall seeing that scene with him alone on the battlefield, and there were a few moments where, especially when Thanos was like kicking his ass, his, America's ass, might might I add? Yeah, that's um, America's ass. Yep, that's America's ass. <laughs> um that i was like oh my god they might actually kill off cap and and that's kind of the the launching point for um for everyone else to get their crap together and go kill thanos um but no it it was a constant bait and switch and and i just the the moment he straps on the shield but that's not the beautiful moment. The beautiful moments when, uh, Cap, I'm on your left. And yep. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. that was great. I mean, that's another wonderful thing about this movie. There are so many references that, that you're just, you're just overwhelmed with like, no, I know what that means. I know what this means. I, <laughs> I, the, I understand I completely what's going on. Captain America got that reference. Avenger movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, but well, I think this, what I really enjoyed about this film, it, it really felt like a love letter and a thank you to all of us who have gone on this journey. Cause you're right. I mean, there were so many callbacks and so many, references to so many things and i'm sure each subsequent watching of this film i'm gonna pick out another one that you know i missed the you know the the previous viewing so uh, it 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 did have a very it you know sad end as far as with 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 tony's and and black widow's death and you know that that and they didn't cheapen it by doing the the convenient arrowverse out i mean this is final 
And mm-hmm. so, but it, but it also was a love letter to the fans, and it was all the fan service for all of us sticking through this 11-year, 22-film journey. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about you guys, but something that did stand out to me, what, and I don't, I still don't know where I fall on it, because she is such a new character to this world. Um, I don't think she should have had a lot more screen time, but I was just kind of a little bit surprised by you. You see C- Captain Marvel early on save Tony, and then she disappears. And then she comes back in the final showdown. And, and I mean, she, she, she almost kicked Thanos's butt with the gauntlet on. Which was pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, but I was just like, where's, where's Captain Marvel? What's going well, on here, guys? She's clearly it, the, the strongest know, one of you. <laughs> right. But you know, Sarah, we, we talked about how they could right size her power. Because, you know, from when you, when you saw Captain Marvel, it was just like, oh, you know, Thanos doesn't stand a chance. But I think the way they handled it by showing that the, 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 the gauntlet not only impacted Earth, but it was hap- it impacted so many other planets in the universe. And since she is the, essentially the Avenger who is the guardian of the universe, she was having to, and they even explained this in film, she was having to deal with this, the impact of the snap. And in other worlds where they had their snap. So, mm. so she couldn't. So yes, if she had stayed there on earth, yeah, I think clearly she would have single handedly been able to end the story a lot sooner, but she was all basically trying to write things on other worlds because of the, because of the various snaps that happened in, in their, um, in their backyard. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that was just a way that they had to right size her powers, maybe not right size it, but just basically show the limits of her power that she can't be everywhere at once and do everything at, at that one time. Right. No, no, I think, I think you're correct on that. Um, I just, I think my expectation for that character was for them to have a, kind of build that relationship where if she were to become the leader of the next set of Avengers, it would make a little bit more sense because mm-hmm. she's honoring because right now the only person that for me would, would make sense would be Peter. And that's just because I mean, his father figure just self-sacrificed himself. And so he's kind of like, no, I got to step on, step up now, like uphold this legacy, but we'll see. Nobody knows what's happening next. Um, what else, what am I missing guys? Uh, a lot more well, has um, happened. I, I just wanted to chime in real quick about Captain America. Um, I, I enjoyed his, his ending. I thought, like Will said, I thought it was fitting for his character. When you go back to, uh, uh, first Avenger and, and you see, uh, how he never got to resolve things with Peggy. Uh, I'm glad that things worked out, uh, in the end. Also, shout out to MCU for finally acknowledging the television universe um, by connecting Jarvis, who was <clears throat> his dad's driver in what was it the seventies? Yeah. Who was Jar? Who was also Peggy's? Uh, what like her? Not I want to say assistant. I can't, can't, can't remember exactly what role he played to Peggy, but basically, like he that was like her. You know, God, I'm. I, it's been so long since I've like watched that show, but um, 
you know, it was like if Tony had the live version of, of, of Jarvis, like that was it for Peggy in like the seventies or whatever, when they had the TV show. So that was cool to see. That was not a nice little nod to the television universe, even though, even if it wasn't had nothing to do with agents of shield or the, the Netflix shows, they, they did connect it a little bit there. Um, but, uh, I, as far as Captain Marvel goes, you know, when I, 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 I wasn't nec- I wasn't like the biggest fan of the movie. I thought it was okay. I was curious to see how her character would be in, in Endgame, partly because, and I, and I kind of feel about her the same way I felt about Doctor Strange and the movie. I just, it didn't, Doctor Strange's solo movie just didn't hit me at all. Um, whereas his character in Infinity War was like my absolute favorite character in Infinity War. Um, and so I kind of wondered if the same thing would happen with me where Captain Marvel was like, I was just, eh, I didn't really care much for her movie, but maybe she became my favorite character in Endgame. But my also, my worry was like, she would overtake things in the movie. Well, I was kind of my concern because I felt like closing the chapter really should focus on the original team, which I'm glad it did. But I felt like she came in when she needed to. And, and, and it wasn't necessarily like a, a, uh, you know, they, they didn't have a post credit scene, obviously, for Endgame, but little, they threw little hints in there with, you know, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man talking for the first time. Little, little hints of, of the new blood, as Tony put it earlier in, in Endgame. Like, they're gonna be the ones that drive the MCU going forward. So, I, I like the little bit of screen time they had because I don't think, I, I think they didn't, what they didn't want to do was overtake the original team let them have their moment but also pitch in and 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 in such a big way as captain marvel did um which by the way i think my favorite moment was when Thanos tried to headbutt her and she didn't even flinch um which was pretty awesome um but yeah i i I think it was a nice setup for her um which uh i i think she'll probably end up being the leader going forward so i i enjoyed the little bit we got of her because it was just a tease. It was a taste of what is to come with her. And, and I, and I hope that um, we see that going forward. I actually, I actually wanted to ask you guys a question. Something yeah. is bugging me and, 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 you know, infinity, or I'm sorry, in end game, just like other MC movies is really good, but also has its flaws, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to nitpick on things. I will though, however, question the time travel stuff mm. because like, like, Aunt, like Paul Rudd's character said, sorry, Scott Lang said in the movie, he said, so Back to the Future was bullshit? Like, yeah. It is. I'm like, wait, what? Like, this, this can't be real. I, I don't know. I, I, and, I, 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 it took me like a day to figure this out. And I actually, I, so, so you have the Back to the Future, you have the grandfather paradox, you have, you know, you have time loops in Harry Potter, you have, um, but a butterfly effect as far as like one thing happens, you know, and yep. in, in other things. So the diff, the thing is with this film, it was the quantum realm. And actually I, I, I did some, I was like, okay, this is bothering me too. So apparently there's, and even in the movie, apparently there's a scientist who's a quantum physicist who's come up with this theory of multi, the multi, multi universe. And in the quantum realm, basically, and they, and they explain this too with uh, when the uh, ancient one, Talks about taking out the stone, creating the different timelines. So, so it's all about with the quantum realm. It's all about probabilities. So, and everything. Basically, that was Tony's working out the equation that okay, with the probabilities of retrieving all these individual stones at this particular point in time, he figured out that equation. So that's why 
whenever you have the the, the, the various um, so basically you have all these one continuity as far as time and you can like basically um, have the various you know borrow the stones to be able to go to different points in time and then instead of like rewriting the grandfather paradox or whatever it, it, you know things you don't know which way that things are going so it's not like, you know, with the grandfather paradox, things are always, if you go back and you kill the baby, which I even talked about, you know, why don't we just kill Thanos? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, in the grandfather paradox, you could do that. But with the multiple, the quantum realm, you know, you don't, if you, if you did that, you would just create a no, another new timeline that you could just travel on. So with the, um, and with the quantum realm, basically, you have this, this, this multiple universe where, um, you could basically, and, and this is, you could basically take the stone out, do what you need to do, and then hopefully the probability of you going back to that right moment in time to, you know, to reset the timeline is, is what they did. So that's why they could like, they were able to go into the quantum realm, Based off the probabilities that we will go to these fixed points of the day that that we needed to get the various the various stones, do what they need to do, and then cap basically to preserve what they have known up to this point. He went back and just you know again by probability was lucky enough to you know reset things as they were. So that's why, for example. Gamora, at least the Gamora that was in the original timeline in the MCU stayed dead. But of course, since they brought the new person forward, she could stay with them because there was no like, you know, yeah, she, she jumped off of her universal timeline into theirs. And so she could basically stay. But of course, Mm -hmm. you know, she has no recollection of her relationship with Quill or whatever, because in her universe, she's still there with Thanos and, and Nebula. Yeah. So it's it's all that's how that quantum realm works, and that's why all those other tram travel tropes were, you know, were kicked out the window for this movie. And it does, and on some crazy level, it works. It, it does. It just like it kind of irked me a little bit because I do love Back to the Future, and I was yeah. like, I'm like Scott in that moment, like, wait, Back to the Future is bullshit. Um, and I thought that was really funny, but yeah, that makes total sense. Um, but I guess hey, they they gave themselves an out with Loki disappearing. Which yeah. I, I think that will probably. I have to assume that it's, that's going to segue into his TV show that he's going to have on Disney Plus or Hulu or wherever they decide to put it on. You're you're, you're forgetting the biggest one that I took an issue with. Um, Caps Caps time traveling at the end, so oh. he gets married to Peggy Peggy Carter, and so did he make out with his daughter in the no, future? No, no. So what Cap mm. No, so that was his so that was his grand niece, the uh, Emily Van Camp's character. Still not making it okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's what here's what happened here's what happened with here's what happened with Cap. So remember Cap remember Peggy never mentioned her, her husband's name. So and she said point. She always said, you know, Captain America came back and saved what it was a thousand, however many men it was that day in the Big first adventure going on right now. But, she, you know, all the, you know, in 1970, whenever 
Steve and Tony went back to 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 the the military base, whose picture was on the on her desk? It was Steve. So I think so. Steve basically, I think Steve went back to, and it works out because remember, in first adventure, the plane goes down. He's on ice. So that version of Captain America stays. So what happened to Emily Van Camp's character? It's still, she's still there. And related to him. Yeah. Well. So he did make out with his grandniece. (laughs) Well, the 1945 version made out with his grandniece. (laughs) It doesn't matter what version. (laughs) See see how. Yeah. See how they created their own time travel thing, and the problem yeah. with it is it causes all these little continuity errors. And, yeah. and don't yeah. get me wrong, I, I it doesn't change how I feel about the movie, but it 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 causes all these little time right, timeline problems when you try to redo time travel in this kind of way. Yeah, it worked, but then you have all these little things like Sarah just said, oh, so he made out with this great granddaughter yeah. or whatever like <laughs> and, it, and that's well, okay well, in Bill's rich. world by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it does there, there is some problems with it because yeah I mean, obviously you know the 2012 when the, the original steve that you know the steve that went back from not you know 2023 yeah you know he does yeah, he does make out with his niece. But, I, I always <laughs> thought they looked alike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. But wait, but it could it could not be blood. It could be a niece from another, you know. Oh from, my God. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> but no. But I mean, but while Steve is on ice, you know, basically that Steve doesn't wake up until the future. Current Steve goes back, and he basically has the dance, and they get married. He lives a quiet life. He doesn't, you know, he probably takes an assumed name and. Not, you know, and he just, he just, he and Peggy live happily ever after. Right, right. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's thin. I'll, I'll say it like that. <laughs> the, the suspension of disbelief here is wearing thin, well, yeah, especially well, because in terms of a time travel movie, not only do you spend a good hour collecting all of the stones and, but, which which is also daring enough, but then to bring them back to the present time and be like, hey, guys, FYI, we have to place all of these back or else we really screwed everything up. So so it's just the more of that. And then the moment where they lose one of them and they even have to yeah, go back but, further. Yeah, but you're, you're working under the old, the other, the black to the future, all those other time travel rules in the quantum realm. Those rules don't apply. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm a movie goer. <laughs> Forgive me for having seen. <laughs> yeah, like, what do you mean? I, like, I'm totally in the same boat with Sarah. Like, I. <laughs> How you know, dare I'll, you? I'll, I'll give him a pass, but I can't. I can't like pull myself away from that way of time travel thinking. Like, it's hard for me to do that. So while I gave them a pass, like it's still kind of in the back of my head, bug crap out of me. That they did certain things that they shouldn't get allowed, be allowed to get away with, but because the quantum realm allows for it, they can kind of ignore the thing. So I, I, I'll give it a pass. I'm not going to ignore it because <laughs> time travel is one of my favorite things in movies. I'm going to let it go. But I like the movie. I'm going to let it go. So you're going to let go incest. No. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> 
boy, we're off the rails here. Um, yeah. As qu- quick question, what did you guys think of the cap on cap action we got <laughs> um, when they did travel back in time? Again, we go. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I've already got beat up about the timelines, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Well, like, no, it's just, again, the quantum realm allows that to happen, and I, I loved it. I mean, even the, the, the end was the best, though, and that, that is America's ass, but. Yeah. <laughs> that was I, a I, funny, that was a funny moment. Yeah. Yeah, or I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. 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 I I, I, what I really liked about that scene is for a moment there, I was just as confused as, um, present day Cap because Loki had done that, that flash of like pretending to be him. And so I was yeah. like, wait, is he facing a, like, who is he facing all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was a funny scene. Good that moment. was a funny scene. That was a funny moment. And also thinking about that, that scene in that moment too is the, uh, uh, just all the, thinking back to how many characters and supporting characters uh, were brought back for this film. Uh, when you consider Robert Redford's, you know, is back and, and so many others that, um, you know, even they were very integral to, you know, the plot points in previous movies, but, you know, but again, brought back for this film to, to basically tie the bow together and, yeah. and, and seeing all those characters, seeing the people again, that, that was, that, to me, that was one of the things that, uh, I really enjoyed about the film uh, beyond just the things we've talked about. Yeah, it was a, I, I liked that. I liked bringing characters like that back. I thought it was a celebration of everything they've done the last 10 years with all these movies. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was just kind of putting a nice, tying a nice little bow on, on everything that was happening and how everything ended. And yeah, I loved it. All right. Well, I think on that note, it's time to wrap up for tonight. Uh, Pete, thanks so much for joining us. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, yeah, um, you can find me um, on Twitter at PacingPete. Um, I do some contributing work for Revenge of the Fans, so be sure to check them out. Um, yeah, if you want to go on Twitter, go find me. And uh, I'm always game to talk all things correctly done, tri- time travel right. <laughs> By the way, 12 Monkeys did it the best. Go stream it on Hulu. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. This was fun. And Will, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, you can come at me with all your problems with the quantum realm at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. P-O-L-K. I'm just trying to make sure I have that on record so I can come to you and talk about incest now. Um, you can sense. find <laughs> you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter um, at CNN Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>